Hello, and welcome to Baseline to Baseline, a sports podcast with a musical twist. My name is Aiden Berg, and today I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Nathan Ackerman. Nathan, how are you doing today? You know, Aiden, you always get mad at me when I take this question the same route every time, but it feels necessary to do it again this week. Um, The Phillies have lost two straight to the Baltimore Orioles, including a pretty ugly game on Tuesday. So from that standpoint, I'm not doing great. Top prospect Alec Boehm got got called up today. So from that standpoint, I am great. But... None of that matters for now because today we have a very historic day in the Baseline to Baseline podcast. We have a very special guest, ESPN MLB insider, part-time Elmo impersonator, just eclipsed 500,000 followers on Twitter. Congratulations on that. Not a fan of White Claw, apparently according to a different podcast I heard, not Jet. Jeff Passon. Jeff, how are you today? I am doing great, fellas. How are you? Awesome, awesome, Jeff. I, I I gotta ask the first the first question. First thing we got to get out of the way: Is there any chance Elmo makes an appearance today, or is he not quite feeling up to it? There's no chance that Elmo makes an appearance, but I appreciate you asking. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> I had to ask. I had um, to ask. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, yeah, fu- it's 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 funny the life that that has taken on, by the way, because. <laughs> You know, I, I remember the, the first day that it happened, and I was on the Dan Lebitard show, and every time you go on Lebitard, uh, you want to be, like, they're extremely clever, funny people, like all of them who are on the show, from Dan to, to Stu Gatz to the shipping container, and so... There, there are some radio shows where it's like, okay, uh, I, I never want to bring my B or C game, but uh, it will be at the level of the host. So uh, if I do, okay. But with them, you always got to be on your A game. And so mm-hmm. when you get asked live, like I walked right into it. I had just done a terrible Sean Connery impersonation. And, and then I said, well, I actually do some, uh, some other ones. And I, I wasn't sure in the moment whether I was going to do my Elmo or my Beavis and Butthead. You have a Beavis um, and Butthead? And, and you get, I do. It's very good. Oh, actually. man. We got to hear that. And, Jeff, we got to hear that. Do you, guys, do, you, do you guys even know who Beavis and Butthead are? I oh, feel I know, like you're I too love, young for that. I love Beavis and Butthead. That's a, that's a great show. That's a great show. It's fantastic. We will, depending on how the next, uh, however many many minutes I'm on go, maybe maybe we can save that one for the end. And and you guys can think of what you uh, what you'd like for me to say in the Beavis and Butthead voice. Oh man, that, that's a great gonna opportunity. Have to, we're gonna have to take you up on that offer. <laughs> yeah, I just want to go back to the Lebertard show for a second. Um, it, at least you weren't on the TV portion of it, so that you didn't have the extra stress of maybe being fooled. Uh, by his dad with the whole fake handshake thing, so you didn't have that to think about too. I, I'll I'll tell you what I've I've thought would Poppy get me, and I think the answer is no. But I also think that I'm just naive enough to buy into the idea that when somebody puts his hand up, like the natural inclination is to shake it or in and maybe this was a this was a much more pre-covid thing than now because i don't remember the last time i shook someone's hand like i worry that my handshake has gotten weak over the last few months it's atrophied 
and uh, that that makes me uh, that makes me a little nervous because I always thought I had a, a nice firm handshake. If it makes you feel any better, that means you're probably following the health and safety protocols more than some MLV teams. So there's always that. <laughs> I'm doing my best. <laughs> Um, I wanted to get into the the non uh, voice impression questions here and start by asking you uh, the coolest part to me for sure about being like an insider reporter in any of these leagues is kind of the relationships that you form with sources and like different roles across the league. And I wanted to ask because I also think it's the hardest thing uh, about being a reporter and being an insider. So how do you kind of go about forming those relationships? Uh, you know, it's honestly easier now that I'm at ESPN and I'm on TV all the time because the, there's almost an expectation that people will talk to you just because they see you. I don't know why that is. It's just sort of a function of the job and something that I've been really lucky to to have over the last year and a half since I joined ESPN. But uh, before that, I think it was it was and always will be about the the uh, quality of what you do and and your goals and your aims as a reporter and are you being honest are you telling the truth are you uh trying to to really illustrate what's going on in the sport and and there's a level of trust that's built up in that where people understand that if you do talk with them, uh, you're not doing so from uh, any biased viewpoint. You don't have any agenda other than trying to illustrate what's actually going on in the game that that you're covering. And it's it's no different across any other uh, you know element of journalism. It's the same in politics. It's the same in entertainment. Um, if people feel like they can trust you and and trust what you're doing, uh, then they're going to be likelier to to talk with you. And uh, I think they understand also that uh, it's it's a two way street, and that uh, that if you have uh, an audience and a platform uh, the size that I did at Yahoo and do at ESPN. Uh, that that there's a, a benefit to having somebody who's going to be responsible with that information, putting it out, and that they're going to do so in a manner that's n- not necessarily friendly to uh, that person's perspective, but at least honors the idea that it's going to be done the right way. Hmm. Jeff, I want to get into some of the MLB-specific stuff. Um, about a week to, in, in the time frame from about a week to two weeks ago, I've probably at my most pessimistic point I've been since the season started. But since then, it seems like things are looking a little bit better, at least for like 29 teams. Uh, But from from both your perspective and from the people you've talked to around the league, what do you think the odds are that MLB can finish this 2020 season? You know, I hate assigning odds because as we've seen with the Marlins and the Cardinals, outbreaks can happen in a hurry. Mm-hmm. And and you just never know where it's going to be. You never know when it's going to happen. And and because of that, the the idea that uh, today everything is okay and tomorrow everything's in chaos is is a reality with which the sport lives. Um, I I would say at the moment I, I'm a lot like you. You know, I I have uh, not a not even a good degree of confidence, but I have more confidence. 
uh, now than I did say when the the Cardinals outbreak was happening or when the Marlins outbreak was happening. And and it's a very prisoner of the moment thing. You know, you can only go on the information and data that you have in a particular moment. And in this moment, uh, things, things are looking good and they're, they're in a reasonable position to get this thing done. And I think more than that, uh, it's clear that major league baseball, not only wants to finish this season, uh, but is deeply incentivized to do so. And, and that incentive has been very strong uh, in its actions. Mm-hmm. I, I think one of the things that might, you know, make it even more, more likely that this season, specifically the playoffs finish, is this whole bubble thing that's been emerging over the last few days. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm curious, both what, in, in a general sense, what, what would this bubble look like? I mean, I, I, it seems unlikely to me that they could pull off a kind of thing that the NBA is, is doing right now, where there's only one centralized location. So I feel like that would have to be more of a few different hubs around the league. But also, players, players rejected the idea of the bubble for the entire season. What are, do you think that they'd be inclined to accept this one? Yeah, I think it is, it is much likelier that they would, uh, that they would consider it this go around because the reality is it's going to be only for a month and uh, being in a bubble type environment for a month, as opposed to four or five, uh, as it would have been during a, a fuller season really makes it, I think, a whole lot more palatable for players. And, and there are some things that players want, you know, I think that players would like to, to have their families around. Is, is that something that MLB is going to be on board with? Is that something that they could facilitate? Those discussions are being had right now. And uh, I, I think that if families uh, are allowed in, uh, then this is a fait accompli. But even if they aren't, I think that players recognize uh, we want to crown a champion this year. And the, yeah. uh, the, the safest way to not ensure, but, but at least, uh, uh, you know, make the right roadmap for crowning that champion is doing so with a system where uh, you have everybody in one spot. Now, can you do that for the wildcard round with 16 teams? No. And so I've, you know, I've, I've been saying that uh, a system where, say, you have eight teams in New York for the wild card round and eight teams in Los Angeles makes sense. You could do it in Chicago as well. Uh, you could theoretically do it in, in Houston and uh, Dallas. I mean, there are definitely spots around the country where you have two big league stadiums in, in the same general area where you can hold eight, eight games uh, for three days. Um, that, that's, you know, two games a day at each stadium. Um, and that's, uh, you know, like that, that's a reality. And, and I think that ultimately, if baseball does go with the bubble in the wild card round is how it would have to look. Uh, there's also the possibility that they can just skip the wild card round altogether and mm. go with uh, go with home stadiums and then start bubbling once the division series comes around. You've got eight teams, then half the teams will have been eliminated. And uh, doing eight teams in one metropolitan area, uh, Los Angeles, to me, makes the most sense just because the weather uh, is, is a very uh, attractive option, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you bring up, uh, you know, all this 
the different format that the playoffs could take, um, all of this, you know, kind of confusion around what that's going to look like. And that kind of fits into what a lot of people have said about there potentially being an asterisk next to the 2020 World Series winner. Uh, we were wondering what you thought about that and, and maybe if you have some insights about what people around the league think if they also think that this championship is maybe going to have an asterisk or be worth uh, less than, than previous ones. Yeah, I think it should have an asterisk uh, to to show just how incredible it is that someone did win this year. I think that mm-hmm. what teams are doing right now is is unbelievable. And uh, the the strain and stress of trying to operate uh, inside of an environment like this is a testament to how good they really are. Like, this is hard. Following the protocols that they have is difficult. Playing in front of no fans, uh, such a foreign thing, is a difficult thing to do. So anybody who can uh, survive through this season and through the pandemic the way that these teams are right now and, and play at an optimal level, I think, deserves uh, an enormous amount of credit. I mean, you're going to be going through the largest playoff field uh, in the sports history. So while I look at 60-game individual accomplishments as having, you know, the, the typical asterisk that uh, says, you know, maybe this, uh, this wasn't quite what it seems. Like if somebody bats over 400 this year, I don't think that's anywhere close to doing the same over 162 games. Uh, the individual achievements uh, deserve the, the classic asterisk, but, uh, you know, we can, we can look for any other, uh, you know, uh, symbol on the keyboard to put aside the, uh, the champion from this year to denote it as being extra special because, uh, man, I, I do not envy what these guys are going through on a daily basis to perform in the way that they are. Well, there you have it. Two out of the last four World Series champions will have asterisks, albeit for completely different <laughs> reasons. Jeff, I want to ask, There's there's been a lot of talk around the league about the you know financial ramifications this season might have for the next several years, not just 2021, but moving way forward. You know, owners are pinching pennies, as they say, then all of a sudden Mookie Betts gets whatever $385 million he got. Do you think that the guys that are going to be, the, the, the big guys that are going to be hitting the market this offseason, like, you know, Real Muto, Springer, uh, Real Muto. Do you think that the inevitably dry free agent market this offseason will, you know, further add to the feud between MLB players and the owners? And do you think that those guys are going to get paid the money that they would have gotten paid if everything was normal? Did you just say Real Muto twice intentionally? Was that like I'm, a Philly I'm thing? I'm very glad you caught that. I was wondering about that. <laughs> that is my I, I wasn't hope. quite sure. It, it's, you know, free, free – Free, free agency this offseason is going to be really interesting. And I don't know if it's going to affect the top-end guys as much as it is the middle class. And the degradation of the middle class in baseball is something that's been going on for years now. Um, but, but what I do think unquestionably is going to happen is uh, that there are going to be a number of players who are going into their arbitration years who are going to be non-tendered this offseason. And what that means is – uh, when, when you go into arbitration, uh, rather than the team assigning a salary to you like they can in your first three years in the big leagues, uh, you get to negotiate the salary. And I think that teams are going to look at uh, not just the numbers that players put up this year uh, and, and how they fit into the system, 
uh, are really honestly don't fit into the system because it's so different. But uh, they're going to look at, at those guys as potentially replaceable. Like, unless you're really good, uh, somebody in the system uh, at the minimum salary can theoretically replace you uh, and, you know, 80, 90, 95 percent of your production for uh, a third a quarter a tenth of the cost and mm -hmm. and those decisions are going to flood the free agent market i think with players and you're going to have a, a, a demand that just does not meet them and so while i think real muto is really going to get paid this year while i think george springer's going to get paid while i think trevor bauer is going to get paid uh it's those middle level guys uh especially ones who are young who I think are going to suffer the most because of this. And, and I, I certainly anticipate MLB salaries uh, in aggregate being lower next year than they are this year. Mm -hmm. How much, how much do you buy the whole, you know, this is really hurting teams financially and they're going to be, you know, really set. I mean, teams make money every single year. I think every team except, so, so I read something like every team except for the Marlins for the last 10 years has made money every single year. And this year they might, they might lose a bit. How much do you think, how, how, how much do you buy this whole, this whole narrative that owners are really looking at dire circumstances moving forward because of all this? I, I think that it's somewhere in the middle. I don't think that most teams are looking at dire circumstances, but I also uh, can't look past the, uh, profound impact that the coronavirus has had on not just the sporting economy, but the entire world's economy. And, and right. to ignore that, I think, would be ignoring reality. Um, will, will owners use that uh, to a disproportionate level? Yeah, probably so. I think there's going to be a lot of that where uh, they, they say, uh, sorry, but because of the financial times, we're going to have to cut payroll this year. You, you've seen it already in some organizations, and you're absolutely going to see it in more going forward when it comes to jobs, whether it's on the scouting side, whether it's in ticket sales. You know, there, there are certain areas of, of baseball, both in baseball operations and business operations, that are not going to look the same when it's all said and done. Um, but, but player payroll, uh, I think it was always trending that way. And like many things, COVID will just exacerbate it and, and move the timeline up on. Um, obviously the context of, of all these different leagues really matters for this question, but how do you kind of compare the MLB's effectiveness in, uh, trying to return to play to that of the NBA, the NHL? Uh, MLS, these other leagues that have come back, uh, it seems like there's maybe a little bit more negativity around the way the MLB has handled it. So how do you kind of how do you kind of view how they've done? I think that that's a reasonable perspective to have because in baseball you've had two teams that have massive outbreaks, and uh, in the NHL and NBA you have week after week seemingly now zero positive tests. So yeah. the the numbers tell the story there. Um, I, I don't even know if we have to assign. Uh, positive uh, positivity or negativity to it. I think it's just a straight data play. And, and the data is saying that MLB, because of the tack that it took, because it did not bubble up the way that these other leagues have, has, has suffered the consequences of that. And, and it's a, it's consequences that I think uh, MLB has made it clear that it is willing to suffer through. 
And that, that to me has been the most interesting part, just how MLB has said, you know what, we're going to forge ahead in spite of these things. And it, it would have been nice to have a bubble. It would have been preferable to have a bubble. Uh, I think that both players and the league recognize that, but that's not the decision they made. And uh, the decision that they did make is is one that they have to stick by if they want to finish the season because it's too late to do the bubble now. Um, and a part of what a lot of people have said about that is like maybe the NBA was more able to do a bubble because there's fewer people, fewer staff on each team. There was just it wasn't yep. going to take up as much space. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, I think that's 100% fair. I mean, rosters half the size. Uh, traveling party for baseball, uh, just in terms of coaches and, and other personnel, is going to be bigger. It, and, and beyond that, you had 30 teams involved as opposed to the 22 that the NBA went with. So uh, I think it's, it's absolutely fair and correct to say that whatever endeavor baseball was going to, um, going to take on with regards to a bubble was going to be logistically a nightmare compared to what the NBA's was. And the NBA, as we've seen, you know, they spent $170 million. I think I saw today on, on the bubble and getting it together. And it's $170 million well spent. Like it's worked. It's been really good. I have, I have enjoyed NBA games uh, as a fan so far and uh, really have not seen too much of a dip in quality of play, which is, pretty incredible i mean the the difference in baseball this year has been pretty interesting just in terms of what the style of play looks like i mean we're looking at the i know batting averages uh not regarded as a statistic uh like it once was but we're looking at the lowest batting average right now in baseball history i mean the league as a whole is batting 235 right now it's two points lower than in 1968 after which the mound was lowered five inches because pitches uh, pitchers were considered to have too great of an advantage. And, and if hitters right now are even worse than that, it's like, whoa, what is, what is going on here exactly? And is this the sort of thing that's going to remedy itself over the next, you know, 40 games or so? Or is this the new reality? Or, or is this a consequence of having a shortened season? I, I don't know that I could assign it to that yet. I, I think it's more correlated than causative right now. But it's certainly something to keep an eye on. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully Alec Bohm clears up a lot of those batting average concerns. One thing that's been really encouraging to me <laughs> is that, you know, when, when the Marlins had their big outbreak and they played that game on Sunday against uh, Philadelphia, which I, we've, we've talked, I don't know why they played that game, but in the, in, in the whole next week, the Phillies didn't have really any positive tests. So I think that the encouraging thing to me at least was that it team to team in game trans transmission like doesn't seem to be that huge of an of an issue and even if there is an outbreak I mean they obviously shouldn't play but you know if they do play one game that maybe they shouldn't play it might not bring down the whole season for every team yeah I I I hesitate to jump to that conclusion based on the extraordinarily small sample size that we're dealing with here but when you compound that with the fact that baseball does tend to be a naturally socially distant game where uh, nobody uh, from another team is spending like 15 minutes inside of the orbit uh, of, of another team uh, at any point in the game, it, it seems to make sense 
that uh, there would not be team-to-team transmission, but I, I don't want to sit here and say that only for there to be some evidence of team-to-team transmission going forward, because that's the sort of thing where it's like, oh boy, if there's anything that can put the season at risk, that would be it. Yeah. Um, Jeff, you know, a lot of the conversation about, you know, the way that the game's being perceived right now is that the way everything played out this year from labor negotiations to just the mess and following up the season, it's, it's, people have seen this as kind of a disaster. And they've, I've, I've heard some people go so far as to say this is going to permanently damage the game forever. I mean, baseball is never going to recover from this. What's your, what's your take on that? Do you think that's a little overblown? I got, I got to ask who's saying that. Uh, I've, it's just been uh, mostly Twitter and, you know, people went giving their thoughts on that. They're like, I'm never watching baseball again, and this is going to bring down the game. But I, I, I do you think that holds any weight? I, 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 I believe that at least 95% of people on Twitter who say I'm never going to do X, Y, or Z uh, within two weeks wind up doing X, Y, and Z. There's just like, why would you not watch baseball this year? Are you that much of a uh, pitcher's hitting zealot that you believe that baseball has bastardized its game beyond repair? Are, are you that angry about a runner starting on second, which I don't like, by the way, but are you that angry about a runner starting on second base in the 10th inning that you're going to give up all of the other great things that baseball brings do you, do you have that much fealty to a nine inning game that a seven inning doubleheader so deeply aggrieves you that you're you're just gonna say, like it's just i'm sorry it's so stupid yeah no, I, I'm, I'm, you know I, I i i i i understand the idea of of boycotting uh, or canceling things based on egregious offenses Nothing baseball's doing this year is egregious. Like I, I just I, I look at it and I'm like, the world is a very screwed up place right now. And if you want to get angry about something, you are well within your right to do so. But if I'm baseball, I'm not going to concern myself with uh, the person who is getting as angry as he or she is over what in the end uh, just is not that big of a deal. Like baseball's back. Uh, let's enjoy it for what it is, not what you want it to be, not what you believe it should be, uh, not what it can be. Because if we, if we wanted to sit here and say, I'm going to cancel baseball because it's not what it should be, we would have done that a long time ago. Um, this just to me does not seem like the sort of thing that uh, is going to push somebody off the deep end when it comes to that. Well, I think that we uh, are going to move on to our our rap segment and we're we're keeping Jeff on because it is an integral part of being a guest on the, uh, on the baseline to baseline podcast. Are you keep, are you keeping me on here because I've got bars because. Do you want to, do you want to participate? That's, that's I have no desire. No, I don't want to participate, but I wasn't sure if you guys like had like had heard or seen my my rapping ability in the past. Do you have videos of this rapping ability? Because it sounds like you do. I don't know that I have video, but there's audio of it somewhere on the Internet of uh, of of me doing uh, the first verse of Triumph by the Wu-Tang Clan. 
I'm gonna need to ask that audio at some point. <laughs> <laughs> I I did it. I I will I will say this. I did it. I did it when I was uh, when I was at Yahoo Sports and uh, Tim Brown, Mike Oz, and myself had a podcast. And I don't even remember what the context was why I did it, but uh, I I did the bomb anatomically uh, verse and. Uh, Mike Oz ran into Meta World Peace, himself a uh, very well-known rapper, and and let him listen to it. And I believe, uh, I don't remember exactly what the words are, but I think it was pretty good. Like, I always caveat this, like, pretty good for a 40-year-old white guy. But I think, you know, like, I, I, I feel like I can hold my own at least. Well, you know, maybe once you hear the words, you can uh, you can see if you if you want to jump on something and, and maybe try to, to out, outdo Nathan. But um, mm. I'm going to provide the words for this week. I, I just had to add, it's kind of hard to outdo Nathan, but I mean, we'll see. <laughs> I should also point out that we should add the caveat that Nathan is like maybe like semi-decent even for like a... a 20 year old white guy so <laughs> i feel like i feel I'll like that it. caveat needs needs to be needs to be made um Honestly, our, our four words sure <laughs> entertainment wise <laughs> um our four words for this week we're gonna going to start out with number one is guest in honor of mm. of jeff being on the pod <laughs> today um okay. sorry sorry to andrew but uh a slightly more notable guest <laughs> that oh, we've had on this podcast. Um, number two is Stiddy. Okay. Number three is Novel. Okay. And number four is Tonference, which should be pretty applicable uh, given the college football news that we had recently. You should have a lot of okay. Okay. thoughts about conferences going, going around in your head right now. Um, conference is tough. Conference is tough to rhyme with. That is yeah, I try to give him some some difficult ones if I can. Conference, conference, and constants. Like it's mm. not a it's not an exact rhyme. Aiden, but, uh, Aiden, Aiden hates slant rhymes. Whenever I drop a slant rhyme, he's like, "That didn't rhyme perfectly," and it's like, "Okay, you just don't have the imagination required, Aiden." Or the laziness, maybe. That's it. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Hold on a sec. What what what's what's a straight rhyme with conference? Uh, that's I one like, I'm I'm maybe a little more open to uh, having having a slant rhyme. Mike Pence. Mike. Pe oh, it's that's 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 pretty slanty. That's pretty slanty. If it, if his name was Ron Pence, maybe. Hunter Hunter Pence Hunter. Nah. <laughs> I have to mess with the pronunciation too much. Parents. Okay. Okay. But I also, I, it doesn't have to be the word that I, that I rhyme. So maybe I'll just cop out and do, do something else. Yeah. He just has to work it into his freestyle at some point. So. All right. So, so is this like you're dropping a beat and he just goes? Yeah, we have so a beat picked is... out. I'm glad that you said that. I want to introduce the beat for this week because I actually forgot to do that. Uh, we took it as always from the YouTube audio library and it is called Arms Dealer by Anno Domini Beats, a, a legend in the beat making community. Mm. Um, so I think when we're ready, Nathan, you can uh, you can go ahead and get started. <clears throat> All right, 
Yup. I got a few thoughts I gotta get off of my chest. Say my bars are fire and leave out all the rest. Aiden, you're a bug. Please stop being such a pest. There are two cool people here, me and Jeff. That's our guest. Yeah, you know my rhymes are always super, super witty. Yeah, I'm always flying. I'm a flyer like I'm gritty. I'm a lion and you're looking like a mere kitty. Popping J's from downtown. Yeah, it's like I'm in the city. Okay, listen up here and maybe also look. Serving in the kitchen like I am the greatest cook. I start the game and finish it. I never get the hook. I'm writing bars like a novel. Here, read my book. How many times I gotta tell you can't you see? You can't hold a candle to a rapper like me. You're the only one that doesn't ever seem to agree. I run the game like the conference called the SEC. Hey! Hey. Hey. That was money. That was just sweet. Let's was go. that money like a $1 bill? Oh man! Wow, he's not a fan. Oh, that's devastating. Oh, no, I mean, that's I mean, here's, here's 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 the thing. Um, the the words themselves, all right. Like, if you actually came up with those off the top of your head, if that was a true freestyle, like, mm. uh, I'll, I'll give it like a like a B minus. The flow okay. is like a Q. Oh I mean, man! Yeah, it is generally the issue with Nathan is the flow. Yeah, there. The, it's it's not that it's not the the issue with Nathan that it's the flow. The issue with Nathan is that there isn't flow. Like <laughs> at all. Oh, that's devastating. I I feel like Beavis and Butthead need to review what Nathan. Just oh yes. Put out into the Let's world. go. Yes, because Let's we were not going to come up with anything better than that. We were no. not going to come up with anything better than that. So I, I'm here for it. Let's hear it. All right. Here we go. Let me let me just get my oh. voice ready. All right. I'm so excited. Uh, 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 hey, butthead. Uh, what was that? Uh, uh, Beavis? That kind of fucked. Yeah. Now that was, uh, that, that was not fire. Fire! Uh, that was definitely not fire, and uh, I hope no one listens to this podcast because that kind of sucked. Uh, yeah. Uh, that, that, that sucks. And there oh you go. Oh, my God. Did that live up to expectations, at least? Uh, like, that, that, that surpassed any expectations. That, 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 has, that might be better <laughs> than, than the Elmo. That might be better than the Elmo. <laughs> well, you said that's the one that you think that you're better at than Elmo, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the the Elmo's like the Elmo's pretty good. Like I no, I, the Elmo's good. The Elmo's not, good. Not 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 trying to pat myself on the back there, but that that was Elmo would not have done uh, that atrocity justice quite like Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, Elmo would have been like, you know, just keep trying. <laughs> You'll get better next time. It's it, it. It actually my my favorite my favorite thing that Elmo actually. I am I am actually gonna do the Elmo now because my oh, favorite no thing way. Elmo says, like is you know 
Elmo's Elmo's thing is always positivity and mm. like building up kids, not just who are <laughs> successful at something, but who fail at something. And I remember there was some Sesame Street episode where this kid was supposed to do something and it was just kind of a disaster. And Elmo comes back on the screen and goes, he tries so hard. And, and it feels like, Nathan, that is the perfect way to describe what just happened. <laughs> and you, you have an even better view of it than, than the listeners because you're on the Zoom with us. You can see him. He's like bobbing his head. He's like going oh, like yeah. really hard. He's getting like the energy together. So I feel like the try hard element is definitely, look, is definitely accurate to that. Look, look, I, got, I, I, have, I have to add one thing. All right. It sounded, it, my, the, 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 the flow is always what is lacking when you don't hear the beat behind it. Well, what are you, what are you, what are you, do, what are you doing about it? No, I heard the beat. I heard the beat. <laughs> you did? I absolutely heard the beat. Oh, you shouldn't have said that. You should have let me <laughs> yes. get away with that. Come on. <laughs> oh, no, I can't, I, heard, I can't, I heard I can't buy here. a good review here. No, no freebies at all, man. Wow. Okay, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna push back on on Jeff's harsh assessment because I feel like maybe you're grading him at the level of music that you want to listen to. Well, no, no, I'm, I'm no, no, I'm grading him as as a mediocre white boy who tries to rap as well. <laughs> like I I know I know the feeling and the the energy uh, is just it's not there. Like the. <laughs> Like you need to work on the delivery, man. If you're, I uh, listen. Anybody who puts himself out there and is willing to rap when he's not good at rapping, I have all <laughs> kinds of like respect for. But if you're gonna do it, like if this is gonna be a thing, then then you absolutely have to work on the delivery because right now, uh, right now you sound like a 14 year old who found SoundCloud for the first time. <laughs> And, and hasn't had friends shame him out of not doing it anymore. Jeff, I, yeah, instead, I really- Instead, those friends put him on a podcast for people to listen <laughs> to. All right, all right, all right. Let me go, let me go here. Okay, I, I, I wasn't anticipating I was gonna have to do this, but you've been talking such a big game that I need to ask your permission to find that audio clip of you rapping, because apparently you're so much better. and tacking that onto the end of this podcast so we can see who who really wins yeah i have no problem with you doing that i'm not claiming to be a good rapper uh by any means but i am better than you <laughs> that, that that i have no doubt about man you know you want to know the funny thing too this is one of my better raps on this podcast <laughs> for my 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 bad sports takes rather than my bad raps because i feel like i'm at, at at least more um fluent in that I, I i'd like to think um so hopefully people just skip over this part of this podcast because i didn't think it was that bad but apparently it was it was pretty it was that bad so um, no it, guess, it was absolutely that bad are you saying you, you want people to skip over the part are you saying that you want people to skip over the part where an espn mlb insider roasted your freestyle rap in the voice of beavis and butthead do you want people to skip over that i'm i'm never going to recover from this my like my my, <laughs> my reputation is permanently damaged 
No, nah, I'm pretty gone. sure your reputation wasn't much to begin with in the first place. I got to oh, be honest. Oh, my. <laughs> it's, it's a massacre out here. <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, you got you to come to my rescue here, dude. You didn't think it was that bad. Again, I, I, I think it's a little, a little harsh, uh, just given the grading scale that I usually, you know, view you through because, uh, Jeff, I've listened to so many of Nathan's impromptu freestyle raps over the last year or so. And, uh, I just, I, I feel like I just, I have an appreciation for how bad it can truly get. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Listen, you know, uh, no, you, you, you are not going to be, uh, going and doing the five fingers of death with Sway anytime soon. <laughs> I, I can say that unquestionably. I guess I'm asking like, like what, what, what did you expect? Like, were, were, were you expecting like J Cole type flow or were you expecting something closer to what you got? I was expecting something closer to what I got, but I was not expecting it to be that bad. I thought there was going to at least be like, at least be like a little bit of style there. That's what it, that, that was the problem with it. Like the words, words, words are fine. You know, the conference uh, named the SEC. Like, uh, okay. I, I, I'm down with that. I, I, that was, I can that appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. I can, I can appreciate a good, uh, a good shout to, to the, best football conference there is and i say that having grown up in big 10 country um but not a big I was, 12 I was, and, and, and not not so much uh i i was not expecting it to be the new dictionary definition of the word milk toast and and it was uh i mean it really it really um it really lifted up the definition of that word and 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 brought it to life. Uh, well, at least we got Beavis and Butthead and Elmo out of it because I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna be nice here. I'm not gonna respond to this hostility with more hostility. I, I'm gonna say the Beavis and Butthead was great. The Elmo I, I, was, I'm, was I'm, great. I'm I'm listen. I'm I'm glad that you're not going to because if it's as bad as your rapping was, it's not gonna turn out well. Oh my god. <laughs> this is just an onslaught like it hasn't it's never gotten this ugly on any podcast and i've been i've been way worse i promise yeah you. i gen i generally like to think i'm pretty i'm pretty hard on you i had my mom tell me once that i'm too that i'm too hard on you on this podcast <laughs> <laughs> jeff just comes in here just setting a new steady standard. roasting for the last like 15 minutes of it yeah i'm i'm sorry mrs berg <laughs> not not my not my intentions here to come on and be mean. He just made me, like, <laughs> like, like he he actively su subjected me to that, and 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 for that uh, he deserves everything coming his way. Jeff, look, I gave you the option, and you said whatever you guys want. So I said, okay, you you kind of just 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 like you walked yourself into the first Elmo thing, you kind you kind of walked yourself into this. So. On the one hand, I'm sorry you had to listen to it. On the other hand, I don't know if there's much that I could have done. Uh, yeah, I mean, you could have just not done it. But hey, uh, listen. We, yeah, you know, know I'll uh, take some blame for that. Because I'm the one yeah. who said it's an integral part of the guest experience to listen to the freestyle. Oh, man. It happens. It happens. No, yeah, I, I understand it shouldn't happen. And it should never happen this bad. Thank you, Jeff. But it, it, it happens. So we will bounce back. You always do, buddy. That's. Uh, I just hope it's better next time. T take a lesson from this. It's like. Uh, it's like every story that. It's like every story that you write. You just try and do better uh, with the next one. And 
God, uh, God, I hope you do better with the next one. <laughs> I said this segment was 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 gonna. I told I told Jeff it would take like five minutes tops. I guess uh, I guess Taking I should like have known minutes. that if we we're gonna need like half an hour of just pure roasting if we were gonna do it at all. So <laughs> that's that's on me. That's definitely my mistake. But now I know. Um, I'm very sorry to say, I think that we have to wrap uh, the podcast here as much as I would like to continue with this. Uh, we're, we're running out of time and we've taken up enough of uh, Jeff's time at making him listen to, to bad freestyle rapping already. Uh, I want to thank you so much, Jeff, for, for coming on and being a guest. Usually we give uh, the guests uh, some opportunity to plug their social media or their work um, it's probably not as necessary yeah, I don't in know your case, but if you want to tell the people where they can find you, uh, we, we would like to give you that opportunity now. Of course, at Jeff Passan, J-E-F-F-P-A-S-S-A-N on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, yeah, just watch ESPN. We got some good stuff coming. Mm. Well, we thank you for uh, taking time out of your busy schedule to give us some legitimacy, even if you took all of it away from Nathan's freestyling <laughs> ability. Uh, and I got a call coming in right now to do radio. So, uh, fellas, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, Thank so, you so much, much Jeff. Jeff. This has been awesome. All right, guys. Have a good Talk one. Talk to you later. You, you too. too. Thanks again to Jeff for, for joining us. And if you want to listen to some previous weeks where maybe Nathan's freestyling was better, maybe, or there was a better review of it, at least, you can find our previous episodes by searching Baseline to Baseline. Uh, that's B-A-S-E-L-I-N-E, -E, the word to B-A-S-S-L-I-N-E on SoundCloud. And then at the end of it, you add whatever month it is. So right now we are in baseline to baseline August. You can go back and listen to our June or July podcasts uh, to, to listen to our previous episodes. Um, but, you know, I just want to give Nathan the chance before we sign off to have a little bit of a therapy session after that. So Nathan, go ahead. No, I have, I have nothing else to say. Um, I'm done. Talk to you next week. Nathan out. Bye. So after we finished recording this, I told Jeff, hey, if you're going to dish it out, you've got to back it up. I'm going to need you to send over your own rap. He agreed. And I'm going to play that for you right now. This is Jeff Passan rapping the first verse of the Wu-Tang Clan's Triumph. Abomatomically. Socrates philosophies and hypotheses can't define how I be dropping these mockeries lyrically perform armed robbery flee with the lottery possibly they spotted me battle scar shogun explosion when my pen hits tremendous ultraviolet shine blind forensics I inspect you through the future see millennium killer bee soul 50 gold 60 platinum shackling the masses with drastic rap tactics graphic displays melt the steel like blacksmiths Black woo jackets, queen bees, the guns in. Rumble with patrolmen, tear gas, lace the function. Heads by the score, take flight inside a war. Chicks hit the floor, diehard fans demand more. Behold the bold soldier, control the globe slowly. Proceeds to blow, swinging swords like shinobi. Stomp grounds and pound footprints in solid rock. Who got it locked, performing live on your hottest block. Objectively, I think we're pretty even in our rapping ability. Again, that was the first verse from the Wu-Tang Clan's Triumph off of a Yahoo Sports MLB podcast. Huge shout out and thank you again to Jeff Passon for joining the show today. This has been awesome and we hope you all enjoyed it as well. Thanks for tuning in. That's all for this week.